I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Proverbs, chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 5, and we're going to read through verse 9. The title of the message is Wisdom, the Principal Thing. Wisdom, the Principal Thing. Proverbs is in the middle of the Bible. You'll find it right past Psalms, and Psalms is right in the middle of the Bible, so you go a little bit to the right of the Psalms, you'll find Proverbs. It's not hard to find that one. Proverbs was written by Solomon. Solomon was considered the wisest king that Israel ever had. He got wisdom because uh, he asked God for it. He did, he asked God. Whenever God gave him a dream, he was taken over to be king of his nation. His dad was a great king, had problems, but but his dad was a great king in terms of loving God, and so he had to follow his dad. So when God gave him a dream and said to him, you can have whatever you want, in his dream, he answered back, I want wisdom, because how am I going to govern these people? How am I going to do what I've got to do? And God was impressed with that answer, because he didn't ask for the death of his enemies, long life, and health, and and he didn't ask for the things that most people would ask for. Uh, he didn't ask for, uh, the, uh, for money and all those things. He just asked for wisdom. And God said, because you ask for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom, but I'll also give you everything else too. Now, that was both a blessing and a curse because with having all these, these, these things, he had money, he had success in projects, he had success in everything he did, he had success. But he also got distracted and made a lot of mistakes later in life because he had so much that he ended up being uh, less than he needed to be. But that itself was used by God to help him because he writes the Proverbs as lessons for us. So he got wisdom, and there's always two ways to get wisdom. You get wisdom through God giving it to you if you ask for it. But you can get it another way. You can get it by making a whole lot of mistakes and learning from it. Now, I suggest the first way, not the second way. Solomon got it both ways, he did. He got wisdom both ways. Some of the things he says he did wrong, I mean, he advises about because he didn't do things right. So today, let's read what the Bible says. Proverbs 4, verse five. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory, she will deliver to you. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read and into our hearts today. So we are told here that we are to get wisdom. I want you to think today that I'm trying to sell you something, which I am. I am I'm going to do my best attempt to be an infomercial for the next 20 to 30 minutes. And this infomercial is serious. And when I say I'm selling you something, I am really selling you something because I'm advertising something that is absolutely essential to your life. You need it 
and you need to get it. I'm not saying it's a suggestion. I'm not saying it's advisable. I'm saying get it. Get wisdom, and that's what you need to get. Whatever it costs you, you need to pay the price to get it because it is worth it. We're going to learn today because this message especially is intense because God has inspired it, but also just understand that the word of God here that we read, which is inspired by God, it's so important because he's emphasizing something that we need. So to learn about how to get wisdom, there are some things we need to avoid. There's some things that we need to do. And then there's some things that we need to receive as a gift, or really as payment for what we have done. So we're gonna look at all three. The first three are negative, the next three are positive, and then you have four blessings that are rewards when we do these things. So we look here at wisdom. We're told to get wisdom and get understanding. Often in the Bible, when you see both of those words together, it usually has, a, has like flip sides of the same coin. Wisdom is like getting the information that you need. You know the right path that you need to choose. You have the recipe for the, the dish you're trying to serve. But understanding is when you obey and follow the path and actually complete the recipe and cook the dish. So you need to understand that getting wisdom and understanding is not just head knowledge because lots of smart people are going to hell. No, you don't just need the head knowledge. You need to obey what you know is right. And by getting the wisdom and understanding, the Bible says that God is going to provide you amazing things. Uh, you need to see the priority of this. He says you need to get it. Don't forget. And that's the first thing we have to have a caution about. Don't forget. We talked about this in Sunday school today, right before, about how easy it is to forget. How many of you, by raising your hand right now, will say that it is easy to forget something? Well, I've got two hands, and if my feet were hands, I'd be floating in the air or on my back with my hand and feet up in the air. It's easy to forget. Don't beat yourself up for forgetting because it's normal. Unfortunately normal. You will forget. You have forgotten and it's a threat for all of us. Forgetting is not something that's only associated with age. Some people say, oh, I keep forgetting things. I'm getting old. Uh, yeah, that was like a 14-year-old yesterday, I think because they forget things too. Kids forget all the time. How many times do, do children have to be told, oh, did you forget something? Oh, I forgot, I forgot. You will forget, I don't care how old you are. There's a reason why our pilots who are our, our brightest and sharpest people, they have to have a checklist because they are not allowed to forget, are they? Because when a pilot forgets something, bad consequences result. So they have a checklist and they both pilots go over the checklist. And then there's people uh, outside that have to keep checklists, the engineers and the, and the maintenance crews. They have to have checklists because forgetting is a common problem that we have. It, it affects every one of us. And, and Solomon says to us, do not forget wisdom. Don't forget it. 
So we've got the message, it's clear. You gotta get wisdom and understanding. You need that. This is a priority. I'm selling you something today. You need it. And God's selling you something. It's not gonna cost you necessarily money, but it might. It might cost you some money. You may have to spend some time doing this because wisdom is so important. You need to prioritize it and not forget it. Don't forget wisdom. So I'm gonna emphasize that. If you have to write it down, create a checklist for yourself, don't forget wisdom. Wisdom is, is more important than so many things that we do. And it helps you in the many things that you do. So don't forget wisdom today. Please do not forget. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, don't forget. The second thing is very similar. He says that we is a negative command because we should not forget. But he also says, nor turn away. Do not turn away. We have created a world where the devil has really, has, has actually the devil has created it, but we've accepted it, where we're easily distracted. I mean, we, there's so many distractions today, so many things to get us away from focusing on God and his wisdom that we literally have to be told and have to be forced almost to not turn away from God. Giving attention to wisdom is so important. We, we can't turn away. There, there is, it's so easy because of the way entertainment is. The attention span of people, uh, it's far less today. And that's the reason why when you watch movies and film and video, whatever it may be, when they have a camera angle, they don't have that camera shooting more than maybe three seconds from any perspective. And they'll cut and edit it so that it goes to another place. So three seconds here. Three seconds there, three seconds there. I mean, we can't keep our eyes still. We gotta always turn away, looking somewhere else, follow the shiny object, that's what we do. And because we're following the shiny objects, we're turning away from God, which takes some time. He takes time. To read a book takes time, you have to focus. To follow God takes time. And don't turn away from wisdom. So many people turn away from wisdom and it destroys them and they are, are in trouble. So don't turn away. There's, there, it's, I'm, I'm advertising wisdom today. The Bible's advertising wisdom to us today, but there's all kinds of, of competition ads out there wanting you, hey, you need to think about what you're gonna eat today, or you need to think about what you're gonna do tomorrow at work. You need to think about what's gonna happen at the doctor. What's the doctor going to say? Try not to think about those things. Turn and focus on wisdom, because wisdom helps you to get through all those things. And if you did things wisely, then you've done your best. You have done what you need to do. So don't turn away from wisdom. Our problem today is that people uh, are too proud to ever admit that they do anything foolish. So nobody ever does anything wrong because even though we all do. The philosopher Diogenes was very famous he was famous for doing some very interesting things. He, he would go in the middle of the Agora there in Athens, Greece. He would take a lantern, okay? A bright, shining lantern. They had lanterns. They, they, they had like a candle in them or something like that, but they had lanterns, oil, probably an oil lamp. They had a lantern. 
He'd go around looking. Now, what was that's not particularly crazy or anything, but it was a broad daylight. So he'd be going right there in the middle of the day, like a bright sunny day, just like today. He'd be shining that light everywhere, looking around, shining that light. People would say to him, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for an honest man. <laughs> he was a character, let me tell you. And in this world, you're going to be looking a long time to find people that are 100% honest because the Bible says itself, all men are liars. So we need to get wisdom because we need to deal with our lives. We need to deal with things the right way. The third thing we're not supposed to do is also in verse six, do not forsake her. Now, when you see that female, the feminine pronoun there, her, uh, that is the personification of an idea. It's very important because sometimes we put a female or feminine gender on important things for a reason. And so when we do this, when we call a ship a, a her, they don't do that very much anymore. They used to have hurricanes all the time, and then they started make, uh, calling them hemicanes, I guess, because they started naming them after men because they got mad about that. People have so messed up the whole concept of gender in our society. Trust me, folks, I was the last generation raised to where you could use he as a general term. And now we have to go and broaden and make it gender inclusive, and that's wrong because we've lost the idea of making a gender to represent certain ideas. And there's nothing wrong with it. The Bible does it, so I'm sticking with the Bible on this. But when you think about her, Solomon is using this to try to show you that if, if a man loves a woman, that man is going to for sure have a, a, a romantic attachment to her and going to actually put a priority on focusing on her. That's normal in a romantic relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. And God wants us to understand that when we think of good ideas, sometimes he uses that same illustration. So wisdom, when you personify it as a her, don't forsake her. Because if a woman is forsaken, that's an awful thing. Women need to be treated right. And wisdom should not be forsaken. Don't, don't, don't forsake. And don't turn your back. And don't look after for somebody else. No, wisdom is worth keeping, absolutely. So if you don't forget, if you do not turn away from wisdom, if you don't forsake wisdom, here's what's promised for you. And she will preserve you in verse six, preserving you. Wow, you'll get preserved. You will literally be preserved. You're gonna last. You're going to have a longer time on this world. And there's lots of people today just trying to live a long life and trying to be preserved. Well, there's nothing wrong with that if you get it the right way. Wisdom does this. It helps provide your preservation, and that is in your self-interest. George Washington when he was talking about patriotism, and he was quite a patriot. Would any of you doubt the patriotism of George Washington? Would any of you? 
I would not. He is the father of our country and a man who was a great man in so many ways. And I have great respect for George Washington. So George Washington, when talking about fighting the Revolutionary War, he said that men must fight for their interest. Because if they only fight for patriotism, they'll fight a little while, but it won't hold their, their attention. But when men fight for their interest, when they are invested in it, they'll fight to the death. And that is such a wise statement. I mean, it's very wise because Washington understood that anybody can get people riled up and, and in an emotional fervor and, and say, oh, let's go do this. And that they'll go for a little while and then that'll all dampen. But if it's in your interest to get something done, you work hard and you will sacrifice to do it. And that's what we need to understand. We need to understand how important wisdom is and we need to be preserved. Now, there's some positive things that we need to do to have wisdom. And the first positive one that is, is in the back part or the second part of verse number six. Love her, love her. We need to love wisdom. And love is a, a term that's thrown around all the time in our society. We talk about love as though it's something that is common, but the problem is, is that people love the wrong things. But what is love? Love is not a feeling. Love is time, real time that you spend. So if you're spending time with somebody, you love them. If, by voluntary choice, if you're spending time with people, you love them. If you don't, then you're not loving them as much. So the ones you love the most are the ones you are with the most. The things that you love the most are the things you spend the most money on. The things that you spend your time thinking about, that's what you love the most. So when you start thinking of it in those terms, love is a matter of time investment and priority in your life. So if how much time are you spending trying to be wise? How much time are you trying to do wise? Or, or are you like the pinball in the pinball machine, the old ones, that would just be you know, going whichever way based upon this emergency, that emergency, this crisis, that crisis? You know, that's the way a lot of people live. It's easy. But God wants us to be more intentional and understand that we need to love wisdom. Spend time thinking about what you're doing Spend time thinking about what you want to do and what you need to do and what is the wise thing to do. Because if you will just take time to be wise, the Bible says if you love her, she will keep you. Now, preservation is one thing, but having security, knowing that you're not going to be thrown away, that you're going to be kept, that's even better. You're going to belong you're going to be kept. So preservation is great, but being kept is even better because you're not going to be forsaken. And that is a wonderful thing. If you love wisdom, she will keep you and watch over you. And that is a great thing. A, uh, I want to say about this that wisdom is not for people who necessarily have it. Wisdom is something that we all need because we don't have it. 
So if you and I find ourselves acting or have done foolish things, we're perfect candidates to get wisdom. That's okay. God will help you. So he says in verse number seven, wisdom is the principal thing. That means it's the priority. It's your first principle. It's the first thing you need to think about. It's the first thing. That's what principle means here. Therefore, get wisdom. He emphasizes that point again. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So know what's right and do it. Get it. Make a priority of it. And in verse 8, the second positive thing we need to do, exalt her. When we exalt somebody, we are bragging on them. We are going to elevate wisdom. It's good in our conversations. Verbalize wisdom. Say, I used to do this this way, but then I, I, I found out that this is a better way. And exalt the wise choices in your life. Exalt wisdom and give God the credit. It's so important to exalt and to verbalize and praise wisdom. Wisdom is absolutely important. And if we will exalt wisdom and elevate wisdom to a higher place than just my opinion or your opinion or what they, the latest trend is, it's, it's sad, isn't it? So many people just get caught up with the latest trends. They just got to go along with the crowd. But really, we need to exalt wisdom. And wisdom sometimes may be unpopular, but I guarantee you it's, it's going to be worthwhile when you exalt wisdom. What do you get when you exalt wisdom? Well, it says here in the scripture, in verse 8, she will promote you. How many people look for promotions? They're trying to get a little bit higher on the rung of the ladder, trying to get a little better situation, constantly wanting to climb, climb, climb. Well, the Bible says that if you exalt wisdom, you will be promoted by wisdom. You, it, it's just a promise. You'll get the promotion that you need, and that is just and right. And God wants us to remember to elevate wisdom that way. And that elevation is extremely important. Not ourselves. Notice how the goal here is to exalt wisdom, and as a result of that, the consequence is we get promoted. We get lifted up, which brings us to the third positive things we're told to do. It says, if you exalt her, she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. So embrace wisdom. When you see, you, it, it, those of you who have children, it would be a sad childhood if that child was never embraced, if no one ever gave them a kiss and a hug. Embracing is part of what makes you a part of humanity, and it's extremely good. And the, the Bible here tells us that if we will embrace and show our fondness for wisdom, there is something that we are going to receive. And there's actually two things that we get for embracing wisdom. Well, in first, we'll get honor ourselves, be honored, but the Bible here tells us what those things are. We will be honored when we embrace wisdom. You're gonna get an honor. But look at the honor. 
She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Yesterday, millions around the world watched the coronation of King Charles III. Now, King Charles is just a man. He's just a man. Now, saying that, you wouldn't act that way if you saw all the pomp and circumstance associated with King Charles. But I mean, they did all that. They, they had fine ornamentation. They put a crown on his head. They, they bowed down. They did all these things. And it was really, and, and, and the jewels that are in the crown and, and in the scepter, uh, those are worth more money than many countries probably. I mean, it's really amazing. Well, there's a coronation that you can receive, and you get your own coronation when you embrace wisdom. And that coronation is very important, and God wants you to know that you will receive ornamentation as well. You will get a crown. You will have a, stat a status of royalty in God's eyes when you have wisdom. King Charles is not as good as some people, he's not as bad as others. He's just a man. I don't want to put too much on the man. He is a human. He is there because of his birth. He's there because he has stayed in the royal family and didn't resign from those privileges. As a result, he had duties, and he's had to do those duties over the years. And when you read what or hear what they, they actually have written into their law that he is supposed to be doing, there's a whole lot of religious significance to that. And I pray that he will accomplish what the word of God says. But having said that, there is an elevation that you and I can receive, and that's not based upon our birth. It's not based upon anything that we do randomly. It's based upon God and upon our embracing wisdom. And you can be worthy of a greater coronation than King Charles. And it's open to every one of you of all ages. Doesn't matter. If you embrace wisdom, you're going to be honored. Wow. So look at the promises that God has given us today in studying wisdom. You need to get it. You'll be preserved. How many commercials trying to preserve? It will erase wrinkly skin. <laughs> that was a good one. Your hair will grow back. Your gray hair will turn to natural colors again. You will be preserved. Hey, I got something better for you. Why don't you just get wisdom? You'll be preserved. You'll be kept. How many people are afraid they're going to be lost? They're going to be a victim of a disaster. They're going to be in some situation where everybody's going to take everything. Well, if you love wisdom, you're going to be kept. Kept. You'll be protected. That's good. How many home security systems are there? Man, this will protect your home. If you have this AR-57, you're going to be protected in your home. I have an AR-15. I haven't graduated to the AR-57 yet. You'll be kept. And then... You will be promoted. Woo! Promoted. That's, these are all good things. How many 
people. I told the kids yesterday at our track meet when we were eating at a fast food restaurant, I said, it's very busy here, isn't it? And yet, those people back there in the back working on that food, how many of them are being thanked for working on a Saturday and dealing with all these angry customers? Probably no, nobody thanked them. A lot of people don't thank people. And they're working, and other people are out playing. They're, they're working. Why should we give them a hard time? We need to be, uh, do those people want promotions? Well, if they keep working, they're going to get a promotion. I guarantee you, if they do their job, they're going to make it. Because half of it's just being there, isn't it? And then finally, you'll be honored. All right, we had awards day. And at awards days, every year, people get honored. Sometimes you go through those things and you don't get anything. And some days you get something. Well, if you have wisdom and you embrace wisdom, you'll be honored. So today, I hope God impresses you the importance of buying wisdom, whatever it is. Whatever it takes, get it. Get it from God. He's the source. You don't have to get it from me. And if you get it, do what I told you today. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's a priority. Get that today. Father in heaven, we thank you today for this word that you gave us. We thank you for the Lord Jesus who died on the cross for us. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because he died for us, we have hope to be your children. Because that's the only way we could ever be saved is through Jesus, our Lord. So we ask today that you would help all of us to understand that our greatest need is to know you and to be saved. That is the priority. And that you are the true word of wisdom. And we ask for your grace to extend to us this gift of wisdom in our lives. And for those that don't know you, may they get saved. For those who do know you, may they be wiser. And may we all reap the benefits of being preserved, kept, promoted, and honored because we obeyed you today. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.